The primary purpose of the ADRC is to provide customers with unbiased information about services that will meet their needs. This includes sharing information with customers about all agencies that provide needed services. The ADRC does not endorse or recommend any specific agency or service provider, including those that have chosen to sponsor or participate in an interview for this podcast. Welcome to the Journey Ahead podcast, Aging Well in the Chippewa Valley. I'm Tom from Volume 1, which presents this podcast in partnership with the Aging and Disability Resource Center of Eau Claire County, with support from our sponsors, Grace Home Respiratory and All-Star Elevator and Mobility Solutions. Here's your host, Lisa Wells. I'm Lisa Wells, Dementia Care Specialist with the Aging and Disability Resource Center of Eau Claire County, and you're listening to a podcast on Aging Well in the Chippewa Valley. The goal of the podcast is to provide education about aging well, brain health, and staying active and healthy in the community. So thank you for joining us. Today we are discussing grief and loss uh, as we age. You know, we know grief is inevitable part of life no matter what our age. And throughout our lives, we all experience loss. And as we age, grief and loss become even more likely. Yes, we lose more of those we love as we grow older, but grief is not reserved for the loss of loved ones. There's so much we take for granted that we begin to lose as we age. And recently, much attention has been focused on the problem of loneliness across the lifespan. However, being lonely in your 20s or even your 50s is very different from being lonely in your 70s, 80s, and 90s. Well, joining us today is Deborah Hoffman. She's a retired associate nursing professor from UW-Eau Claire, and her expertise and passion has focused on hospice and palliative and end-of-life care. She also has a passion for horses and experience in equine therapy and is volunteering with the Reminiscing on the Ranch program at Trinity Equestrian Center. She lives in Eau Claire with her husband, two dogs, a cat, and one hedgehog. (laughs) She loves spinning wool and other fibers into yarn, finding it a meditative experience that ends up with beautiful yarn that is then knit into something else. So thank you so much for being here today, Deborah. Thank you for inviting me, Lisa. I'm happy to be here. So let's, I think before we kind of get into the topic, maybe we can define a little bit what grief is. Okay. Uh, Well, um, there's a couple things. Grief is differentiated from bereavement, I think, in, in one way, and that is that it's the um, internal response to a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, mourning. Um, mourning is different because it's it's grief gone public. So mm-hmm. grief mm-hmm. in itself is the internal experience to something we've lost, whether mm-hmm. it's a loved one or all the other um, aspects of loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like that, you know, that gut-wrenching. yeah pain that you feel? Um, It's been described as um, uh, actually being torn apart, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, going out into the wilderness, a place that no one's been before. Mm -hmm. Being hit by a semi. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and the world turned upside down. Mm -hmm. And it can be experienced as really intense or various um, uh, lesser feelings Mm -hmm. and and physical reactions. I think that facing loss is something we all do um, our entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And as you described in this introduction, you know, um, about loneliness, um, loss is different, I think, in our 20s and Mm -hmm. younger than it is as Mm -hmm. we grow older. Mm -hmm. And perhaps that's life experience. Mm -hmm. But we all lose something or someone we love Mm -hmm. or that we hold important. And we all experience it so differently. Yes. How one person experiences grief or loss is completely different than somebody else. So we can never really put a timeline on somebody's grief journey, which I think a lot of times we tend to do, oh, she should be over this by now. Oh, it's been five years since the loss of this or something. But we just, we can't do that, can we? No. Well, and uh, years ago, my mother died when when I was in my 30s, and I was uh, experiencing a lot of grief around the loss of my mother. And I, uh, one um, spiritual advisor said to me, he said, the um, amount of grief or loss that you experience is equal to the amount of love mm. or meaning that you mm-hmm. held for that person. And mm-hmm. that really helped me because mm-hmm. I realized I love my mother so much and still do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in, I just want to say that back in 1969, uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross came out with yes. her book on, on dying. And uh, people have... Um, taken that and applied it to so many things. Yeah, those five stages. Those, the five stages yep. of, 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 of grief. Mm-hmm. Well, now they say grief, but it was mm-hmm. actually of dying. Mm-hmm. And people, um, I think, um, uh, erroneously thought it was linear. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, not it's not linear. <laughs> it's messy. It's dimensions mm-hmm. rather than um, stages. Mm-hmm. And you go in and out of them. And so that's, that is one thing that I, that I think is really important, the distinction mm-hmm. between um, stages. They are dimensions mm-hmm. rather than something to accomplish or be done with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people think, well, after a year, I should be done with. Yeah. I should be fine. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's part of being human. Yes. That we love. And I know for my for myself and I've heard other people say this too that it's kind of like a roller coaster ride you know it kind of comes and goes and you can sometimes it happens in waves and it comes out of nowhere it can be 10 years later or whatever it just it's just so interesting how those waves can come and go and I I think society has been unfair in the expectations or how we respond to yes you should be over this like one and done, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, um, and that's not how it is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's compl- it can be complicated and surprising. Mm-hmm. I know certain smells, oh, certain sounds yes. will bring up yes. um, this intense feeling. And it, it is tied to love and meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I like the way that's worded. Yes. Deborah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a saying that death uh, doesn't end a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because that really, I, my, I still have a relationship with my mother who's not here. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we're pretty hard on ourselves. We and, are. And I think it's so important for people to hear this. Yes. And to know this. And to be kind mm-hmm. to oneself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing I think we've been taught, and I don't know if it's just the United States or if it's Germanic, Anglo, but that we really shouldn't be crying. Um, someone brought up today, we were talking about earlier, I had, met with a friend and she was we were talking about um the queen yes. who died in britain yes mm-hmm. and back when i was a child uh, john f kennedy was assassinated and if and she was saying do you remember that the children were taught not to cry in public mm. 
And that, you know, that was a very, you know, carry a stiff upper mm-hmm. lip. Well, mm-hmm. that's not human. No, it sure isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's okay to cry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and water your soul yes. and give yourself, you know, be gentle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you talked that, you know, grief is that, um, that inward mm-hmm. expression. And so grieving is in mourning, bereavement is more that outward expression. Yes. So just what you're saying, you know, that... And it can be, it can be ten years later, fifteen years later. Just it just doesn't matter. There's no timeline to grief and loss. No. Um, I also believe we are innately born to know how to mourn mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's we're, we're we're I think we're more or less taught out of it that actually we, the heart responds to outer stimuli. I think we innately know how to. Mourn lost children know when they've mm-hmm. lost something mm-hmm. uh, before they're taught to stop that. Right. So yep. um, I think I just think it's important. You know, um, I think we all instinctively um, get to decide how we're going to express our grief. Um, and you you said this earlier. Um, it, it is unique as each human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the person who's grieving gets to decide how it's going to unfold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I like that they get to decide. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. But that's not always how um, what what manifests in society. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about when someone does die and you have a funeral, and people show up with casseroles and, mm-hmm. and pay their respects, and then the person that's left without their loved one, everybody comes around right away, and then a week later, two weeks later, three weeks they're later, gone. they're gone. Mm-hmm. And that's when that that's when it really hits. Yes, that who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, now what? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's important to remember when mm-hmm. we're trying to support others too. Mm-hmm. Is is show up? Mm-hmm. Not just in the beginning, yeah. but show up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So grief can talking about showing up. It can show up in a lot of different forms, for a lot of different things. You know, certainly death. Um, is, is a lot what we're talking mm-hmm. about. But also, you know, as we get older, you know, there's some bodily changes. Um, more <laughs> A lot. <laughs> that maybe more illnesses can, can mm-hmm. show up. Um, you know, there can be career changes, um, relationship changes, are, are, you know, lots of those hopes and dreams. You know, I work in the field of uh, people living with dementia, and I hear that a lot from from people, especially spouses. You know, they had these hopes and dreams of what it was going to be like at retirement, and all those things have have changed. So that can be a, a big loss. Um, financial and legal issues can be um, a loss. Um, even you know, I think we we kind of forget about you know the loss of pets can can be just as painful as the loss of a of a loved one. Absolutely. So we, and so we have to remember that, too, that that's important, um, that when somebody loses a, a pet that's near and dear to their heart, that, gosh, you know, this is this is just as important. Absolutely. Um, and not judge. <laughs> we tend to be a judgy, kind of a judgy um, society. Mm-hmm. And then as I spoke earlier, you know, you know that um, especially during the pandemic was, was loneliness. So is loneliness part of the grief journey? Yes. Which it is. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about? Well, I don't. I think like what you brought up about p- 
pets, uh, whatever the the loss, um, it's not an grief is not an affliction that needs mm-hmm. to be treated. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> that it is a manifestation of. I think that could be like that could be like a quote in <laughs> a my in our, yes, you know, <laughs> this should be on like the signs on on wood signs and homes, yes. you know, really. And it's not a crisis that needs mm-hmm. to be resolved. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a moment to moment experience. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing we need to get. Over. over. You mm-hmm. move through it. But we think that we have to I know. get over it. And where does that yeah. come from? Um, you know, I think we need to stop terrorizing ourselves mm-hmm. with shoulds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't should on yourself. Don't should on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no closure to, to overcome. I think that's mm-hmm. another thing we think is I'll be done and then I'm done mm-hmm. and then I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of loneliness, you know, this pandemic has, I think, uh, affected us in ways that we can't even. Um, understand right now it's Mm -hmm. been two years or longer Mm -hmm. who knows it seems Mm -hmm. a long time of Mm -hmm. separation from um, work Mm -hmm. from family Mm -hmm. from traditions from celebrations weddings funerals Mm -hmm. Um, I think about uh, funerals that didn't occur in my family Mm -hmm. um, that will not occur Mm -hmm. and how what is what is what is what does that mean to me or what 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 how does that manifest in our society so i think so many people have experienced loneliness and we are human beings that um are living community mm-hmm. no one lives in total isolation that's not how we're built Mm-mm. we Mm-mm. need connection mm-hmm. so i think that um even introverts yes <laughs> even introverts <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. we need uh, the t- we need to be touched mm-hmm. and um, communicate and know that we have value and meaning mm-hmm. in relationships. Mm-hmm. And that can be to a dog or a horse or a hum- well, obviously humans, but yes. to anything that holds meaning. So I do wonder about um, how do we heal? How do we help heal one another mm-hmm. during this time that mm-hmm. has been very painful? And, and I think the sense of unknowing mm-hmm. and fear. Mm-hmm. And as a nurse, you know, when this first started, I certainly experienced this, oh, wow. Um, I mean, from a science background, I knew what a pandemic is. I was concerned about the unknown, Mm -hmm. but I really didn't realize it was going to be this long. Yeah, I don't think any of us did. No. <laughs> I, you know, I kind of thought, oh, this will, oh, a couple of weeks, it will be done. I, we'll, no, we'll be I back. Know. And, you know, it just kept going <laughs> I on said and to on my and husband, on. it'll be a month. Yeah. It'll be a month. But then the, you know, the realization of the numbers of people that became sick and died mm-hmm. are... Alone. Alone. Mm-hmm. Alone. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so uh, where are we going to go to heal one another and help um each other through mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. So um, the loneliness aspect is is huge. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, you know, healing, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities, a lot of different ways. And one way for you was really through horses. Yes. <laughs> yes. So would you mind sharing a little bit about your story oh, no. and just, you know, what, what, horses and equine therapy yes. um, meant to you. Yes. Well, I'll share a personal story. First of all, I've had horses. Uh, I started to ride when I was a small child, probably three or four. My great-grandmother had work horses, Percherons, huge beasts, and I would be put on them bareback and uh, ride spread eagle because my legs mm-hmm. wouldn't go around them completely. <laughs> but I developed a relationship with them. And I was raised as an only child, so animals became very important mm-hmm. to me. They mm-hmm. were they were my my siblings, really. 
Um, and anyway, horses, um, I learned to um, communicate with them. By that, I mean I noticed that they were in tune with me. They were present when I was with them, the mm-hmm. smell, the touch, um, their in my yeah. face. <laughs> um, and growing up, I... I had horses, and I noticed this was just an observation. It wasn't anything I read about or anything. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that whatever, if I was nervous, the horse that I was riding became very jumpy. And then I noticed if I calmed down, the horse calmed down. Mm-hmm. And so I they went, could really read your emotions almost. Their emotions. And later mm-hmm. on, now that I've been through academia and seen a lot of the literature and research, horses, um, what they found is, well, we've been, we've had relationships as human beings with horses since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting because they're large animals. Mm-hmm. And we don't have relationships with like elephants like that mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. other things, mountain lions, mm-hmm. but horses yeah. <laughs> we have a relationship with and have um, through time. And now they've done a lot of research uh, regarding horses and they found that they have a unique uh, emotional um, quality that's similar to humans, and they do pick up on our emotions, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they've done qualitative and quantitative. And, you know, in, in the past 20, 30 years, there's been a lot of uh, uh, equine therapy um, r- arising in various mm-hmm. aspects, working with uh, people with post-traumatic stress, mm-hmm. with children with autism, with adolescents who mm-hmm. self-harm, and the horses really help veterans. people. Veterans mm-hmm. have helped people heal. Um, in my own experience, about 10 years ago, uh, my, brother, my adopted brother was um, uh, murdered. Mm-hmm. He was, um, it, and it was something that, you know, if I thought about anything that could happen to my family, that was not anything that ever ran mm-hmm. through my mind. So mm-hmm. it was a horrible experience, and it was very difficult because as a nurse and as a woman and as a daughter, I wanted to help heal, mm-hmm. and there was nothing I could do. Mm-hmm. And so I began to really struggle with grief. By struggle, I mean I, I um, went to therapy. I, you know, I tried to take care of myself, but I mm-hmm. couldn't make the situation better. And I, it took a, six months. I was going to an acupuncturist, healer, mm-hmm. therapist, mm-hmm. and walking, gardening. Mm-hmm. And all the things that I tried was not helping me mm-hmm. move through this. I mm-hmm. felt incredibly stuck. So one day I was at my acupuncturist, and, and I was weeping and weeping and weeping. And she said, you know, it's okay for you to have some joy in your life. And I said... Oh, she said, what would bring you joy? And immediately the image of a horse's muzzle <laughs> came mm-hmm. to my mind. Mm-hmm. And she said, why don't you go ride a horse? So I didn't have horses at that time, but I went and leased a horse. And her name was Skipper. And um, I sent you a picture of me mm-hmm. on Skipper. Mm-hmm. And Skipper, um, I rode that horse for about a year. But what happened was she would carry me through the woods and through the fields. And I went just rode her by myself. Mm-hmm. And I would begin to weep. And mm-hmm. weep and weep. Mm-hmm. And that horse never looked back and said, are you okay? Are you all right? Are you sure? She just carried me. And her strength and her endurance and her solidness while I was melting mm-hmm. was so healing for me. Mm-hmm. And that horse helped me heal the grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just carried me. And I was in nature. And I realized my gratitude to that horse, but I also realized the incredible gift that horses can bring mm-hmm. without saying a word. Yeah, 
Yeah, no judgment. She had no judgment. Well, if no. she did, she didn't share it. <laughs> but, but she um, she just helped me heal, and I'm forever grateful to her. And mm-hmm. um, I worked, uh, in addition to that, later on, I worked with uh, equine therapy in uh, with a psychotherapist who was working with adolescents who self-harm. We took nursing students there, and they were... I, I won't share the stories, but they, mm-hmm. the nursing students are quite blown away with the uh, what happened, the phenomenon that happened with the horses, mm-hmm. and uh, real and the realization that horses can be used as an adjunct in holism and mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, as uh, healthcare providers or healers, as nurses are, we, it's important that we know a whole. Uh, array of things that can help uh, mm-hmm. patients and clients mm-hmm. and ourselves. Right, right. Um, I, can I read a poem? Sure. So this poem sure. is really about um, uh, a child on a horse. Okay. <laughs> and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a child who couldn't walk, sit on a horse, laugh and talk, then ride it through a field of daisies, and yet he could not walk unaided. I saw a child, no legs below, sit on a horse and make it go through woods of green and places he had never been to sit and stare except from a chair. I saw a child who could only crawl, mount a horse and sit up tall, put it through degrees of paces and laugh at the wonder in our faces. I saw a child born into strife, take up and hold the reins of life. And that same child was heard to say, Thank you, God, for showing me the way. Mm. And that's a poem by John Anthony Davies, and it's called I Saw a Child. Okay. And it's really about, you know, the therapy of horses yes. and what they can do yes. for us. So. Well, thank you for sharing your, your yeah. story in that poem. And we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what are some ways that people can find that, that joy and that healing and restoration again. So we'll be right back. We'll get back to the podcast in a minute, but first I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Grace Home Respiratory. We're excited to have their support for the podcast because just like us, they're locally owned and operated. If you or someone you care about needs medical equipment or supplies, wheelchairs, walkers, hospital beds, portable oxygen concentrators, even CPAPs and BiPAPs, Grace Home Respiratory is right there to help. They're committed to helping you live a life of independence. They realize that shopping for the specialty medical products you need can be a challenge, which is why being locally owned and operated is key. They do everything in-house from their location right in Altoona. So if you have a question about billing or anything else, you know you'll be talking to someone from just down the road. Find out more about Grace Home Respiratory online at ghr-ec.com, or you can call them toll-free at 877-230-1622. Now... Back to the podcast. We're back with Deborah Hoffman, and we're talking today about grief and loss and aging. And we've been discussing a lot of things here today. Uh, one in particular, Deborah, you were um, speaking about just how important um, just being around horses during your grief journey, because that was something that really brought you joy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we think about, you know, not everybody can be around a horse. Uh, I would love that. Um, <laughs> but people have to find a way to find healing and restoration. And so what are what are some suggestions or recommendations you might have in people um, finding that joy again? Well, I, I, I think I would like to um, just say that there are um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to frame this in, in grief work. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there are, I'm going to just frame this with the six, six tasks of grief work mm-hmm. and then some suggestions mm-hmm. or at least something to think about. But number one step is to acknowledge the loss mm-hmm. and the grief. And sometimes that's really hard because mm-hmm. there's this, I think I call it the, the drug and, the, and, and necessary drug of denial that mm-hmm. happens when someone, when you lose something, whether it be a person or a function or, mm-hmm. or what's important to you, um, denial kicks in and there's this kind of numb state. And I think that's a blessing. Mm-hmm to get physiologically through that time. Mm-hmm. But, but the number one step is to acknowledge the reality of, of the loss um, and then to feel the pain of that loss. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's okay to feel that pain. You know? And the pain mm-hmm. will come up, but the pain mm-hmm. will also leave. Mm-hmm. And it is, you described uh, early on, that it's like riding waves or it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes it's like an ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and to remember that person or lost. Remember, think about it. Think about that person. Um, and and the, 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 that's the third task. The fourth task is to search for meaning. So I related to the search for meaning for me was um, had to do with the beauty of, of horses. That was a meaning that related to my own healing, but also it, it did relate to um, other important people in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then the, the the fifth task is to develop a new sense of self, and that can be you know from retirement I was no longer a teacher or faculty, and it was well who am I now? Mm-hmm. I had to ask that question: who am I? And what you know there was this kind of I'd been doing this for so long yeah. that it was now what? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a search for new meaning, and I found that through many things. But to give yourself. I had to give myself permission to be lost mm-hmm. and acknowledge I was lost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most people said, oh, you're retired. Isn't that wonderful? And I went, you know, not really. Yeah. And then people yeah. went, what? Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to be retired. And I thought, well, good for you, but not good for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean good for you, but yeah. but good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the, le- the number six on this is to receive ongoing support from others. And that is to allow people to... Uh, if somebody says, I, let me know if you need me to do anything, well, let them know you need them to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take people up on offers um, is, is a way. But I think uh, finding one's way um, is there's a, a whole lot of things that one can do. But the, to ask this, the question that that acupuncturist asked me was, what would bring you joy, um, was really the question of what would help you or what would what what is it that would you need. And yeah. immediately for me, that's what came up. Mm-hmm. But for others, it can be, you know, uh, working in the earth, mm-hmm. um, walking in nature, nature. Mm-hmm. planting a garden, digging in the earth, mm-hmm. seeing the wonders that are there. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of creatures and critters that are there mm-hmm. um, that we don't even bother noticing. Um, journaling is a very useful mm-hmm. thing to do. Writing down what you're thinking or feeling is an immediate way to, when you read it, to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I, and I have journaled, I leave whatever I put there. It's out of me then. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. makes sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. Art therapy. Um, I have, um, I enjoy painting, so mm-hmm. that's a, a way to express oneself without being too hard on oneself about the what it looks like, mm-hmm. but to explore color and shape and um, or any creative things. Mm-hmm. Um, some people 
and I know this about you, Lisa, um, create through baking incredible works of art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it that would nourish your soul? Yes. Yeah. And that's the real question. Mm-hmm. And kind of creating, I know from myself, <clears throat> through some losses in my and grief in my life, um, I, I, I did have to, you know, I went through some counseling, which was really, really mm-hmm. helpful. But also I, I created a healing plan. I mean, I actually call it a healing plan. And because this is, you know, grief, grief is a process and it's also a journey and it also takes time. Mm-hmm. And so um, I created a healing plan for myself. And some of the things that you've talked about, I included, you know, um, nature was huge for me, getting out in nature. Physical activity, exercise was really, really helpful to me. Um, I found a lot of peace and comfort in yoga. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it is about yoga. And there's probably some science behind that with with grief and loss. Um, Every time I would get in different positions or be doing mm-hmm. yoga, I mean, it would be like Niagara Falls. It would just the tears would start flowing. And I don't know what it was about that, but other exercises didn't make me do that. But yoga sure mm-hmm. did. Um, being around, you know, having my support system, my family, my friends, but then doing some art and some other things. So, you know, maybe just creating that healing plan for yourself and writing it down was really helpful yes. to me, was writing it down. So I saw what, what I wanted to do as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you described exercise, and you know that physiologically re- releases endorphins and mm-hmm. also other stored up energy that mm-hmm. what you described in yoga. And yeah, there, I that that's really important. Water, uh, in the fluidity of water, and allowing that buoyancy can um, you know really help with healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone has their own unique unique way, and one needs to find it. And I guess what I want to say, I hope that that is heard is the way that works for you is the way you need to go. Mm-hmm. Now I meditate. Um, I practice trying to just be in the moment, which yes. meditation is a tool for mm-hmm. that because when I'm in the moment, I'm not lost in the past, although grief is mm-hmm. being bringing the past into mm-hmm. the present and I'm not worried about the future, mm-hmm. but I'm in the moment. And when I'm in the moment is when I have the ability to look around and see that there's a toad staring at me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You might even start noticing things you never noticed before. It's true. That's the beauty of being in the moment. Yes. And also it helps. Um, it's like a muscle that you, you know, work on and work out. Um, practicing being in the moment is something that strengthens you. Mm-hmm. That I can do this. Mm-hmm. And look, there, there, there's beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and there can be real beauty in grief. Yes. Yeah. I want to take a moment to talk about one of our sponsors, All Star Elevator and Mobility Solutions. Mobility challenges don't have to mean leaving the home that you love. All Star Elevator and Mobility Solutions specializes in residential and commercial elevators, stairlifts, scooters, and more. The All Star team offers a free home assessment, and they can help you find the products you need to get around your home and the rest of the world safely and effectively. For example, they have more than 100 scooters in stock, so you'll be sure to find one that meets your needs. You'll find All Star right here in the Chippewa Valley on Halley Road in Chippewa Falls, and they've got locations in Hudson and La Crosse, too. Learn more by calling All Star at 715-598-7511 or by visiting allstarmobilityllc.com or allstarelevatorllc.com. Now, 
back to the podcast. And you mentioned, you know, meditation. And I know for myself, you know, faith, my faith mm-hmm. was so important. So yes. prayer, um, yes. connecting with my church family. And that was all really important part of my grief journey, too. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, um, you know, well, comfort in, in one spiritual practice, mm-hmm. but in, in the, the, you know, the Bible and uh, uh, teachings, spiritual teachings, depending mm-hmm. on one's faith, there is a lot of um, availability of literature now and, and um, uh, persons that have written literature about grieving. Um, I just want to put a, a plug in for Alan Wolf. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about some resources yes. and maybe some books or, yeah. or some websites or some things that you might recommend. Yeah. Well, um, Alan Wolfeld is a PhD, and he's out of Collins, Colorado, and he's written. He has a, a grief healing center, mm-hmm. but he has a lot of resources online, and uh, that website is www.centerforloss.com, and he's got a lot free of free uh, literature. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I brought this book called "Helping Your Grieving Soul," mm-hmm. and it's a hundred spiritual practices for mourners. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been doing this work for a long time, and the one thing that he says, and I reiterate with my whole being, um, is that everyone who has walked before has has been his teacher and mm-hmm. it's not about going to a book and mm-hmm. and it's not an intellectual process but those I worked in hospice and palliative care for uh, 15 years and those uh, persons that were approaching death and their families were my greatest teachers mm-hmm. not textbooks mm-hmm. they taught me the most about how to live and that's what Alan says as well is it's it's um, uh, you know uh, facing loss and and facing the, at the end of one's life, and we all will leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's we're not sure. getting out of this life alive. No, <laughs> not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, it helps us to live fully. Mm-hmm. And that's what the every person who I had the the blessing and privilege to be with on their dying journey taught me how to live, mm-hmm. and I carry them with me in my heart. And that's, you know, I think that's really important. Is is going back to finding meaning in loss is what did that person give to you mm-hmm. that you carry with you mm-hmm. and uh, what did they teach you? Yeah. yeah. Um, one, one way that I, when I was a hospice nurse, this is a resource again, um, I carried people in my heart, you know, because I became very close to them. And when they die, I had to figure out a way, and I'd done this for, you know, 15 years, but early on I had to figure out a way to release that because I did. Mm-hmm. And the one way that I found was I started to journal on my computer. And when the person died, I, I wrote down what they taught me. So uh, I'll just oh, use her a, name. That's a great idea. Lila mm-hmm. um, taught me the gift of, of um, flowers and the gift of her um, perception on beauty because she was very much into perceiving beauty. She mm-hmm. taught me that and it taught me a new way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. She also gave me some plants, so I mm-hmm. carried those mm-hmm. with me. But so then I pr- proceeded every person I would type this is what they gave me and then I this is my own thing but I had to say a prayer of release and thank you and I, I release yeah. you mm-hmm. and thank you um, because I didn't I couldn't carry that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes sense compassion fatigue yeah, pretty much and yeah. I had to figure out a way to to let them go but mm-hmm. honor them mm-hmm. and uh, I think that practice really did help me mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a good thing to do even journaling every day when I get to the end of the day I try this I don't always remember but I say what 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 did today bring me 
Or what did I learn? What did I learn today? But what did today bring Bring me? me. I saw the beauty. Well, this morning, for instance, I'm going back to this toad. We have a toad. (laughs) I call him Mr. Toad. He's a large toad that lives in our garage. And this morning he showed himself to me. And I said, good morning, Mr. Toad. You can edit this out. (laughs) But the beauty of what did I get to see today and experience. Mm -hmm. I get to see you today. Yeah. So those are little things. Mm -hmm that resources that I've learned. Um, but there are a lot of resources available. Um, you, We have a resource that coming up. Yeah, we do. You know, um, here in the Chippewa Valley, you know, there are, I know there's Grief Share um, resources, um, which is more for the loss of a loved one. I know that's a, I think it's a 12-week class. Um, but I don't know if there's really, I'm not aware of a lot of um groups or classes just on loss and, and grief. And so something that uh, Deborah and I are looking at um, starting uh, next year is a grief and loss group. And whether it be, you know, it's going to be support, um, it might be some educational information, mm-hmm. some hands-on activity type of things. It's going to be kind of a, a mixture of, mm-hmm. of things for people in, who are 60 and over that are experiencing some type of a loss or loneliness mm-hmm. because of a loss. And so that'll be uh, an, an additional resource here in the Chippewa Valley. But for somebody who might be where you were, you know, you said you were stuck, you know, there's resources as well, um, you know, reaching out to your physician. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking, you know, talking to a counselor. There's no shame in talking to a counselor as often as you need to. Talking to other family members, friends, um, you know, your church pastor, some ministry leaders, wherever you're, you find your your strength. Um, and then I know with hospice care, there's bereavement that follows you for <clears throat> a year, about a year. Mm-hmm. So there are some good resources um, to help people get unstuck or help them move through that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that we've had conversation about wherever you are, there's no timeline. That's right. And that we all go through it differently, and it's okay to grieve for as long as you as long as you need to. So, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we end our conversation here today? It was a quote from Marcel Proust, P-R-O-U-S-T. Mm-hmm. Um, Grief never ends, but it changes. It is a passage, not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness nor a lack of faith. It is the price of love. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good way to end our conversation today. Deborah, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again to Lisa and to her guest. And thanks to you for joining us for the Journey Ahead podcast, Aging Well in the Chippewa Valley. Volume 1 presents this podcast in partnership with the Aging and Disability Resource Center of Eau Claire County, and it's all made possible by Grace Home Respiratory and All-Star Elevator and Mobility Solutions. Learn more about this and our other podcasts at volume1.org.